All right, I said, I guess they play the rap music before the youth pastor preaches. (laughs) Don't worry, you definitely don't want me to rap. I won't do that. My youth would be embarrassed. Well, listen, this morning we're going to get straight into the sermon, but I I found this little picture and I wanted to share this. It's a little addendum to the Christmas story. So if you'd put that up there for me, Jacob. I don't know if you see this or not. It says, after the three wise men left, the three wiser women arrived. And it says that they brought fresh diapers, casseroles for the week, and lots of wipes and bottles. Um, So I didn't know if you knew that there was an addendum there, but all of the moms in the house were like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. And it, I know it says after the wise men left, but I saw something else funny that said the wise women probably got there first because they stopped and asked for directions. <laughs> so listen, there's a little funny for this today, but let me ask you this. How many of you have finished your Christmas shopping? Who's on top of their game? Yeah. I, I have no doubt my mom and Lori Taylor raised their hands right away. That is, that is who they are. Who has, who, anybody wrapped any presents? Got anything wrapped? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how many of you, have you ever had like the industrial wrapper or maybe like when the dad had to wrap something and it was like wrapped with duct tape, had to get into that, like anybody ever had that Christmas present? My dad used to like to do this funny thing where he would try to wrap one present weirdly so we wouldn't know what it was or like just cover the whole box in duct tape so it like, you know, you couldn't peek, which I mean ruined it. And then also you just had to work really hard to get into it. Anybody, anybody like that? You use too much tape? We have real wrappers in here. You're like, how many of you have pretty presents? Who does the pretty presents? Yeah, I see a few of you. You're like, um, uh-huh, I can tell. Yeah, right? Well, listen, today we're going to talk a little bit about unwrapping the gift here at Christmas. The title of today's message is Untie the Knot. I'm going to read this verse right here before we pray. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. Let's pray today. Lord, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you um, have entrusted us, just mere people, with your word. Thank you for trusting us with your holy scriptures. And, uh, Father, I just pray today that as we dive into this story that is um, such a part of who we are, that, Lord, you would just reveal yourself to us today and be here in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, there is this word in theater called denouement, denouement. It's a French word, and it means the untying of the knot, the untying of the knot. And what it really means is when you're watching a play or even reading a good book or a movie, you're watching a movie, that there is this point where, right, the story is happening and the lives are getting intertwined with each other, right? The, there's situations and circumstances and it's all weaving together and it's creating this big kind of knot of a story, right? And a good story has this denouement. It's this moment where one thing kind of begins to pull and the knot begins to kind of come untied and everything finds its place, And when the story ends, when that denouement is finished, everything is where it's supposed to be. We understand where the characters are, where they're going. We understand how the story is concluded. There's a resolution that comes. And so this denouement is kind of this term that says this is the resolution. This is the conclusion. Everything is sorted at the end of the story. It's a fancy word that just makes theater people feel smarter than everyone else, right? 
But it has a really interesting thought to it. Denouement, the untying of the knot. And I was thinking about Christmas presents and tying, you know, up the bows and tying it up. And thinking about the story of Christmas. And man, how many times so we have where Christmas, the story of Christmas and of Jesus being born, it comes down to a nativity set. And it's kind of become simple. You know, we have a little tykes version at some point, right? Little weeble wobble Mary and Joseph, right? And everything kind of comes down to this simple little story. But really, there's so much more to the story of Christmas. And really, the story of Christmas was that first thread that got pulled that began to untie the knot that had been created up until that time, right? We know the story of God creating us, of man's failure and his sin and our fall, our distance from God. And there had to be a way for people to connect with God, right? And so this first thing that was put in place, let's look in your Bibles with me. We're going to put this up on there on the screen. I've got two little points, and then I'm just going to kind of resolve things today. And the first one is the making of the knot. And then this is going to be, we know kind of how this happened, right? There was all this conflict, and, and man fell from God, and things went wrong. Things went really, really, really wrong. And then you have all of these things that happen, and a, a way to connect with God, a way for us to be cleansed of our sins. And this is what Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 and 18 kind of explains how people connected with God. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away from God, and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Listen, that was it. You either do it or you don't. And so there was this sacrifice that was made, right? They began to sacrifice animals, and it was a way for them to atone for their sins. But let me tell you something. Were there ever enough animals? No. Could there ever be enough sacrifice to make up for in the natural all of the things that were wrong in their lives? Absolutely not. It was a never-ending cycle of trying to follow these decrees and not being able to and having to sacrifice and make sacrifice after sacrifice and never being at peace with God. This was not going to work, and God knew that it wouldn't, but he had to have the right time for the plan to come into place, the right moment in the story for things to be made right. And so there was this tangled knot This wrapped up story, right? God's people would do well, they would do right, then they would do wrong. Things would come together, they would conquer and have land, and then it would be taken away because of their sins and failures. And all of history gets tangled up in this knot, and there's no way this tension between them and God and the separation that they did not want. God does not want to be separated from his people. They do not want to be separated from him, but sin has caused that to happen. And there needs to be a break in this tension. This knot has got to get untangled so that God and his people can be connected. And so they waited in the tension, waited in the tension until the untying of the knot and Jesus came. 
In John chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, it says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus there is explaining to us what his sacrifice was going to do. See, the moment that Jesus stepped on that cross, his blood was shed. It was the one last time that blood needed to be shed for sacrifice. His body was broken. Never again would a body need to be broken to make things right with God. Never again would blood need to be spilled to make things right with God. There was a once and for all atonement, a one last thread to be pulled that smoothed out everything. And now there was nothing inhibiting, nothing standing in the way between God and his people because Jesus came and he paid the ultimate once and for all sacrifice. And from that moment forward, the knot was untied and there was no tension and no separation between God and his people. All right then. And I know it sounds a bit like I got my holidays confused, and maybe we're talking about Easter and not Christmas, right? I do love a good Easter message. But here's the thing. Every good story has a moment where we see the knot beginning to come undone, right? You ever watched that movie? You ever been tense? Like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen, right? And then one thing starts to go right, and what do you do? You, oh, everything's going to they're going to end up together. I may have watched too many Hallmark movies lately. Me and Mr. Dan, we talked about this this week. We watched those good Hallmark movies, right? There's that tension that is built up, and then you begin to see that everything is going to work out. And Christmas, the birth of Jesus, it's that moment when Jesus came, and after a period of silence, a period of tension, of what is going to happen between God and his people. In that moment, a baby was born. God in the flesh came to earth, and the knot began to untie. You have to have the start of the finish for the finish to come. And without Christmas, without the birth of Jesus, we don't have Easter Sunday. Without the baby being born, we don't have the Savior on the cross. He couldn't just come down right there and just say, here I am to end this. No, he had to fulfill the prophecy that came. It had to be the way God had planned it. He had to be born and live the spotless life. He had to be the spotless lamb that was slain. He had to be the sacrifice that was needed to atone for the sins of man and all of the things that go on in our lives. And so there had to be a perfect start for the perfect finish. And so a baby had to be born. Now let's look at a little of the Christmas story. Luke chapter 1, verse 28. The angel appears to Mary here. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So, to answer the question, did Mary know? Yes, she did. And those of you who haven't heard all that song, right? Did Mary know? Yes, she knew. The angel told her she was going to give birth to the Son of God. And let me tell you, I want to just for a moment, I want to take a minute, and I want to just, I want us to think about this story because Christmas gets so busy. It becomes about so many things. It even becomes about church and going to church at Christmas time because we should do that, right? And Christmas gets so busy. And Mary and this baby become simply figures on a nativity set. But let's think about it. Let me tell you something. No child was ever born easily. No woman has ever carried a baby without any hardship. And Mary did know. There had been silence. And yet here Mary has this angel appear to her. And she says, you are going to be the one. Elizabeth tells her, you are carrying. You are the mother of my Lord. She has this weight upon her as a young girl, and she chooses to accept it and to carry it and to know the weight. She is carrying the Messiah. She is carrying the answer to the problem. She is carrying the end of the silence. In her, every time that baby would move, she was reminded, this is the Savior of the world I carry. And Elizabeth looked at her and she knew, blessed are you for believing what he has promised. I think about it a lot about how, if you've ever carried a child before, there's so much and so many times when you feel a baby moving and nobody around you knows what's going on, (laughs) right? Where you can, ooh, people look at you like you're crazy and you're like, sorry, sorry kicked me right in the ribs, right? And I just think about this simple story we think about Mary in a manger, and I think about how she must have felt the Savior of the world moving and growing inside of her and the weight and beauty that that carried. And so it's Christmas, and it's busy, But the whole theme of this series was to unclutter things. And today I want you just to unclutter your heart 
And I want you to receive the Christmas miracle and the gift that Jesus is. She labored. When you think about this, I want you to think the first person to see the face of the Savior of the world in flesh form was his mother who had carried him. The first person to touch the hand that would heal so many people was a young girl who was entrusted with his life. He was born into a manger. This sweet little baby to this innocent little girl. This innocent young woman and man who had no idea that until that very moment what God had chosen them for. The untying of the knot. I want you to think about this for just a moment. When John 3.16 that we have recited over and over again of our whole lives, right? What does it say? For God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He sent his only begotten son to a very specific moment in time. The world was in knots. The world was tied up. There was no way to have relationship with God without the sacrifice of these animals. And there was no way to live in perfect peace with God. And then one night, a baby was born and the knot began to untie. One day, an angel appeared to a young girl and said, you have the answer. It will be born through you. You, Joseph, will father and lead and help to guide this young man who is going to be the savior of the world. And in one moment, one tiny little corner of the world, the area in which all of the stories we read in the Bible takes place, in a tiny little area. You can literally journey from one side to the other in a day. In one tiny area of the world, in one tiny little inn, one tiny little shack off the corner, one tiny little manger, one young woman, one young man welcomed the Savior of the world. And the knot began to untie. And our ability to reach God became tangible in that moment. And we know the story from there, right? And the child increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew. He one day walked on water, but at some point Mary taught him to walk. He grew. The Savior of the world grew from a small child all the way up until the appointed time that he would step out and begin to find his disciples and begin to go out and save and heal people's lives. All a journey. So yes, the Christmas story is the Easter story, and they are one and the same, because they all mean that the knot got untied. The spotless lamb was born, and the world would never be the same. So it's Christmas, and we're busy, and we all have a lot of knots in our lives, right? Relationships that get tangled, our health, it gets tangled. Our finances, they get tangled. Our souls get tangled. Our doubts, our fears, all these knots get tangled. And they happen so quickly and so easily. And yet the one who would untie all the knots was born 
for the salvation of the world. A sweet little baby. And the knot began to untie. So listen, I don't know today about you. You may have some knots in your lives. (laughs) And let me tell you, I know something about Christmas is that a lot of times knots we think we have dealt with creep back up during this season. What is a time of so much joy is also oftentimes a time of so much sorrow and heartache. And I know I'm not the only one who feels that weight. Even today, I am reminded of knots that have come, things that have happened that ball up inside of us and seem to block our connection to the Savior. And so today, it's simple, and I'm pretty much closing. I want us to just take a moment and think That Mary is not some simple cut-out figure. Joseph is not just a man with a shepherd's crook looking down. That Jesus is not just a figure that apparently keeps getting stolen from nativity sets all around the world. Right? (laughs) That this is more than just a story. It is the story. This is more than just a moment. It is the moment. If it wasn't for this moment, there wouldn't be that moment. He came. They had waited, and he came. And now he is here. Oh, it's so hard for us sometimes. I think we've never had to not have access to God. But I can't imagine what it was like for Mary and Joseph to look at the face of the Savior of the world. So today, as we close, Isaiah 7, 14, the prophecy of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. Listen, believe the story. Believe the promises. Blessed is she who believed the promises of the Lord. Blessed are we for believing this story. It is absolutely the craziest story in the world. And it's absolutely true. Most of the time, the best, craziest stories usually are. It's the wildest story. And people all over the world celebrate this time of year. Was Jesus born on a cold, snowy night? I don't know. This is the moment we choose to celebrate it, right? And so we take hold of this moment and we say, I thank you, Jesus, for untying the knot of humanity. I thank you, Lord, for coming down in the midst of our brokenness and separation. I thank you, God, for having compassion and mercy upon your flawed people who could not stay in relationship with you, who sinned and fell short. I thank you, God, for creating the absolute and ultimate end to separation from you. I thank you, God, for compassion. I thank you for choosing Mary and choosing Joseph. I thank you for sending this baby into the world. I thank you so much for untying all the knots in my heart and in my life. 
I let you in, and I let you like oil come in and begin to loosen every tight, toyed, torn up and, and tight, tangled spot inside my spirit and soul and heart. And I let you begin to come in and just loose them for me. You have untied the ultimate knot. I will let you untie mine. If God can come in and save the world, he can come in and figure you out. You are not more complicated than saving the world. Your situation is not more down and out than the separation between God and man. If he can work that one out, he can handle you. The Savior of the world has come. Make room to believe in your heart. How many of you were Mary or Joseph in a play at one time in your life? Anybody shepherds, angels? Yeah. I was a shepherd too. That We were a little short on boys a couple times. Yeah. Pretty sure we've had some girls who've been Joseph before. You got to do what you got to do, right? Leo was baby Jesus one time, but he was 11 months old. You know, you got to do what you got to do. He was the only baby in the church that year, right? It's a beautiful story. It's a magical story, and it is fun to celebrate and sing songs about. But today, I want you to leave reminded and full of hope. The Savior of the world was born, and the moment that he entered the world, the moment that Mary gazed upon the face of Jesus, of the God in flesh, the moment that he took his first breath on this earth, the world changed. The moment that God stepped in to this physical place and became God in the flesh on this earth walking. It was that moment that was the beginning of the end, the beginning of the ultimate resolution, the beginning of a perfect resolution, a perfect Savior for our imperfect lives. And it all happened one night when baby Jesus took his first breath. That is the gift of Christmas. That is the gift of Easter. That is the gift of Christianity. That is the gift and the hope that we have that what is said is true. Yes, he was born of a virgin. Yes, he was born in the flesh. Yes, he died as a spotless sacrifice for our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for the Christmas story. Thank you, Jesus, for the beauty of Christmas. Amen. Let's pray today. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I just ask that right now, as our, our eyes are closed, our hearts are focused on you, I pray that you would just begin to enlighten our spirits to never take the beauty of your story for granted. And Lord, I thank you for reaching in to history and untying all the tangled webs that had been woven with the beauty of salvation. And Lord, today I ask that you reach into the heart of every single person here and every knot that has bound them up, every chain that has wrapped itself around their heart, every circumstance and situation, every relationship, every burden that has tied them up that, Lord Jesus, right now, you would remind them, hey, 
I came here so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. I came that you might live life to the fullest. Let me in and let me untie everything that has you bound. I came that you might live and live to the fullest. Lord, untie all those knots. And Father, let us go out of here today with eyes to see and eyes that glow and appreciate the beauty and the wonder and the absolute joy that it is that our Savior came and that he was born and that that was the beginning of the end. Thank you so much, Jesus. Be in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.